everyone, and welcome to Hype A, a podcast amplifying voices in the arts around the world, making the arts accessible for all people. We will be hearing guests from the film, art, music industries, and more, sharing their stories, failures, and successes. We will be listening in on their new endeavors, projects, and take notes on their tips and tricks, how they broke into the industry, hear their words of wisdom. Over the years, I've met some amazing people who have really enriched my life and my art practice, and I'm so grateful to have met them around the world. I hope to share with you my personal experiences, but mainly support you by introducing you to inspirational leaders in their creative field. If you're looking to fulfill a dream in the arts, need that extra motivation, or simply be inspired, you've come to the right place. So get access, get tuned in and turned on every Thursday. Welcome to Hype A. Hello everyone and welcome back to Hype A, season one, episode 12. The world of the arts can feel exclusive. There's a lot of hype and excitement. Most who are in it are at the top of their game, leaders in their industry. Some may find this world inaccessible, but I've been here hopefully to open this world up with amazing guests sharing their stories, their highs and their lows, their latest and newest projects. And hopefully I've been uh, able to help you with taking away some tips and tricks, words of wisdom from the guests. And I'm hoping that you've also feel very inspired. This has been the main idea when launching the first episode for High Pay back in May with me, your host, Cristalina, for the show. We've been looking at the feedback and so far it's been very, very positive. So thank you. Please make sure to rate us on your platform of choice to let us know and to let others know as a way to find us and tune in. Very proud to say that Apple Podcast, Apple Music and Google Podcast have picked us up. So you can listen there uh, for high pay as well as on Spotify. Please follow us there and also on Instagram as high pay voices. These are a few ways that you can continue supporting us. And if you would like to sponsor us or you would like to produce ads for the show, uh, and hopefully there's also a vibe with our brand, please let us know. Proceeds go to the team, research and equipment for high pay. What an amazing ride it has been so far. We've wrapped up 12 episodes now for season one, and I can't wait for you to hear more with new guests for season two coming this autumn and fall for those of you here in America. So let's just go to the questions that you've been asking me uh, on my Instagram, the art Instagram, as well as high pay voices Instagram. One of the questions is, do you have, do you ever think of taking your work to different mediums like sculpture, video and digital? Uh, as an artist, I don't consider myself just as a painter. I do consider myself to be a fine artist with experience already with sort of sculptural paintings. So if you go to my website and go to the curriculum, uh, their portfolio there, 
there is uh, some pictures there from 2019, I think, um, where I had an installation of my work and I kept doing installations of my work in shows. So that being um, basically veils and paintings that look like sort of sails or drapes off the frame off the frame being outside of the actual structure of the square frame. Uh, during my MA at Chelsea Art College, uh, University of the Arts, my MA fine art degree was mainly consisting of an installation, which was all about, he obviously heavily inspired by an amazing artist who we've lost recently, and I've been very saddened to hear about his passing, Sam Gilliam. He was an American black artist and his work was uh, a huge influence on me. Um, but mainly for me, it's all about um, re-empowering the feminine as an archetype. Uh, so for me, that's about continuing and extending the idea of Carl Jung, who was a psychoanalyst, who was also very interested in shamanism and uh, spirituality. And it's about reclaiming the feminine, the feminine curve, and also having that balance with the masculine line. So I play with that uh, on a physical artistic way uh, where you'll see me playing with the masculine line as in the painting in a frame. So typical painting on a frame, you hang it up and that's it. But for me, what I love the most is more my sculptural paintings where it's, it's it's celebrating the feminine curve where the feminine is outside of the frame she is emancipated she is free she's taking up space literally because the painting is uh, all across uh, the actual room so I, I'm experimenting with the space uh, and uh, experimenting also with the theory and the idea of the feminine emancipation as well so there is less of a structure uh, inside a contained frame, whereas uh, the structure usually is the uh, stretches, the stretcher bars and wood. I use um, I use tools and uh, appendages like um, specific wiring that you would use for installations and um, clips and clamps and and all of that so it's obviously a, a very physical thing that I do as a painter um whether I'm doing installations or you know guiding technicians to help me to install the work or if it's me myself you know these are things that I they're very physical so art the what I do is very physical it's, I I you know I've been saying a lot here on high pay it's either go big or go home and my work I like to take up space and I like the work to take up space too as a reflection of me but also a reflection of so many other women who are also in leadership taking up space unapologetically um, but yes it's a very physical thing to do um, wh when I'm painting uh, which I can get into later on as well uh, about the process of my work but yeah I do installations I that's for me is sort of more sculptural I do have some um, digital works. Um, I'm not really sure about doing NFTs at the moment. I'm still undecided. <laughs> but having had the conversation with John Sharples, 
in one of the episodes for season one um he's kind of really persuaded me in a way to um trust it because i do see that there is more um legalities that are going to be coming involved for artists during um for the next few years uh if if one is wanting to do an nft non-fungible token um and sculptural yes sculptural work i mean in the classical sense i thought about it i've experimented it uh with it for a few years on and off um i'm also hugely inspired by an artist called Cy twombly cy twombly he was an american artist and then he i don't know whether he ex escaped or found refuge in rome there's sort of a myth about his reason for me for leaving the states uh, for some sort of misdemeanor and so he left and uh, died in Rome in Italy from what I understand um, but either way his sculptural works are incredible and I saw his transition and translation from his paintings his very kind of gestural drawings um, very sort of uh, process-based drawings and um, paintings I saw those in um, the Kunstmuseum, I can't remember now. Uh, no, Pinacoteca, that's it, Pinacoteca, in Germany, in Munich, in München, a few years ago. And I saw his paintings there, as well as his sculptures there, in the middle of the room, which were quite impressive, actually, because his um, sculptures were sort of made from reclaimed wood that I think he had in the studio and then sort of painted them all white. And then on top of it, he had like this kind of blob of colour which sounds kind of gross but it's actually, it was actually very effective for me and highly inspirational and when I think about sculptures I think about you know extending that idea within my work and I've experimented with that too with um, using old stretcher bars um, and playing with it also during the pandemic in Mexico when I was in Mexico uh, during the first lockdown I was playing around and with wires and um, wires from coat hangers and sort of, again, this kind of like hanging idea. I'm hugely inspired by, you know, different ways of hanging the work. Again, as I said before, my sculptural paintings have a different approach to hanging and hopefully also extending the idea of, um, and experimenting, of course, with the idea of the feminine and what that looks like, as well as painting and what that looks like. And I'm all about new painting and new forms of painting. And that's why I consider myself a leader uh, in my industry um, because I'm constantly reevaluating what painting should look like and what painting should be. But I'm also giving a nod and um, taking my hat off to my predecessors, my ancestors in terms of the art line, my art ancestors and art masters and mistresses and hoping that they can also help inspire me to continue new abstraction along the way in the future. But yeah, I'm hugely inspired by Cy Twombly and his sculptures. I'm also inspired by um, Miro as well, Juan Miro, as well as Alexander Calder. So Alexander Calder was an American artist and his work was inspired by Juan Miro. If you're in California at any time or if you're, not, you're in Los Angeles, definitely go and check out LACMA. L-A-C-M-A, that's Contemporary Art Museum in Los Angeles. And it's one of my favorite places to go when I'm there, when I'm living there or I'm traveling and I'm there for work. Um, it's the first place I'll go to, to be honest, to get inspiration and also get 
information and teachings from my art ancestors there. My art ancestors there are Robert Motherwell um, and uh, Helen Frankenthaler has also got amazing works there as well as um, Lee Krasner too. But yeah, there's, uh, there's also gorgeous Matisse there as well, if you can have a look uh, on the way up the stairs. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think for the moment, um, because of the pandemic and I've I and because of just the nature of my career at this time, um, the main requests from customers, clients, has been paintings that they can hang on their wall at home or in their office. They've also been investing in my work. So I have collectors who have been um investing in my work because um there's also been you know the pandemic and so people have been investing in artists during a time of crisis and during a very important time in our world which was 2020 <laughs> so they've been investing a lot in a lot of my paintings um it's difficult as an artist when we have to ride the wave of commercialism and also what we want to do it's not to say that I don't do what I want to do as an artist at the moment. I love what I do in my paintings, in my 2D, 3D paintings, let's say, not so much 3D, 4D paintings, which I actually end up calling my shows, um, you know, 5D or 4D when I talk about my sculptural paintings, my installations. But I would like to do more experimenting with installations. I, I believe that artists um, need to keep pushing the boundaries as well. And I also would love for, I would love for um, people and, you know, the audience, the public to be able to experience my work around my work, go under my work and continue to do that. Um, and that's something that I have, you know, I have done before, but I would like to continue doing that. And it's just been a, a question of necessity as well. You know, people weren't able to go to shows. I mean, heck, people weren't even able to come to my show during 2021. Uh, there was another lockdown in February through to April. So, you know, there's there's also been that too. But yeah, in a nutshell, kind of a rounded uh, answer. I hope there's enough information there, but I would like to do more typical sculpture but I would mainly like to progress my work with um, sculptural installations in particular. I do video, I was kind of um, one of the first few people on Instagram to be documenting my work on video uh, and so I've been doing that and I continue to do that and a lot of my work also has been on video on YouTube, again I've been one of the first people to do that back in 2019 which is now a very common occurrence but yeah I'm also hugely inspired by Bill Viola and uh, Bill Viola was uh, a pioneer in the 80s for digital art and also bridging that um, beautiful boundary between the present and the past uh, past paintings inspiration from the renaissance painters Caravaggio and the like to putting that um in motion through video um but moving on and extending this question into a sort of another thing that I would like to do is I actually you know I, I trained as an art as a dancer and I was um trained as a performance person mm -hmm. so my career really started on stage and I when I was living in LA I was doing some commercial work through some modeling and I was also doing some like hip-hop videos <laughs> 
um cycling there uh doing that but um I actually would like to get back on not so back on stage not so much stage stage theater but I would love to do film I would love to act again and I do have some people that I know of um who could maybe open that door for me if possible but yeah I I you know I don't feel I don't want to feel ever like I'm on my deathbed and I feel okay I, I, you know that's it I've done everything that I've done but I regret doing this this and that and I you know that's something I would like to do I'd love to do movies um between you and me I would love to do movies so that's something that I would be very excited to do and it's a huge challenge and I would love to do it because I feel it's another extension of the human expression and I don't feel um art is the only way that I can express myself if that makes sense um next question what is your routine or steps you take before creating a painting um I don't I mean the steps and routine that I do is so we're going on to the process now element of the of the questions I um well, I kind of, so what I do is first of all, I work in series of works. The first painting is always kind of, um, it's like that song, the first, your first love is the deepest or something, or the first cut is the deepest. And it's kind of that thing. It's like your first love, the first painting is the deepest. And it sort of sets a tone for other loves, <laughs> other paintings to come. And, um, and so I start a painting, first of all, um, on the floor. That's how I start. I stay grounded uh, on the floor first. So I usually sort of paint on the floor and, um, you know, soak my paintings with acrylic and oils. Um, and I then uh, leave it for a bit and then I walk over it sometimes without shoes or sometimes you'll see Birkenstock marks um, all across my work as well, especially during my hello again show the paintings in that show that are now published in a book called hello again which is purchasable through grove gallery um uh, who represents me in london they um those paintings show and the the photographs also show a lot of my um printmaking <laughs> from my steps literally across my painting across the canvas i i like using canvas but i also love again remember i, I i'm all about pushing the boundaries I also love using bed sheets as well, which has been a concept I've been using, um, a concept I've been expanding on through and from the pandemic. A lot of that time of isolation, being at home, understanding what home means. And the title of the show, Hello Again, was all about reclaiming and coming back to self, coming back to home. And Hello Again essentially was the completion of the last nine years of difficult lessons in my life. You know, I'm a spiritualist and I'm a shaman and psychic and healer and um, clairvoyant. And I'm all about the mystical. I'm a mystic. And so the last nine years of my life is all about the numerology of that time frame, which added the time of my um, age at that time added up to nine when I added those two digits up. And the next year for the time of my show, it was going to add up to 10. So the day, the, the day of the age that I was going to be at the time of my show was going to add up to 10. So 
basically the, all of the paintings from my show um, ended up being an expression, a physical expression of the last nine difficult lessons of my life. Relationships, trauma, um, solitude, um, understanding of self, um, the difficult career that it can be being an artist as well. Um, understanding re relationships romantically, platonically, and also familial as well. Uh, letting go of my cat, having to put my cat down, which was very difficult. That painting is seen in a very big blue painting. And when I do, when I paint, big hint, when I paint a lot of blue, it's usually because I'm going through a very blue period. And for me, it's very true. Uh, Picasso went through it, but for me, it's very, very true. I use blue when I'm in a very solemn and sad state. Um, and so I sort of transmute my pain or whatever it may be, any emotion, I transmute it through the canvas, through the work. But yeah, anyway, so I had a lot of those works. Um, they were all about those nine difficult years of my life. And uh, each painting, each painting title will give you a hint on what was going on. But yeah, I sort of, uh, I can also use bed sheets as well. So that's a continued material that I use from the pandemic stage, <laughs> from my preparation for the Hello Again show in 2021. And so I'll continue using that in the same way I use canvas, again, on the floor first. Um, I'll sort of uh, go back to uh, on and off. If there's a show that I'm working towards, I am working towards a show right now. Um, I'll work in multiples. So I'll have like canvas or bed sheets on the floor and they'll have another canvas or bed sheet on the floor. And I'll just sort of work on either or either listening to music at the same time. I'll also use oil pastel, which I love doing. And um, usually I'll sort of pour oil paint with a mixer. So with white spirit or linseed oil, linseed oil I actually haven't used in a long time, uh, sunflower oil, almond oil, um, sometimes olive oil, sometimes I'll use red wine as well. Again, I'm not so precious about just using particular tools like brushes or shop-based paints. I'll make them myself. I'll make my own botanical dyes. I use turmeric a lot in my work. Um, I use a lot of spices. I use tea. So there's also different ways of um, approaching the painting through pan prints, footprints, you know, literally leaving a print of my mark making. Um, and then I'll let it dry and then I'll get my stretches out once they're all dry and then um, bash those in. Basically, it's really hard work, um, you know, putting the canvas or sheets over a stretcher. I've been working on this process right at the moment during this new this new series called Orbit. In a nutshell, it's called Orbit. It's got a longer title, but it's called Orbit. And um, it's all about inner and outer orbit. It's all about the inner and outer self, the inner and outer space. Again, I'm, I'm very into metaphysics and the understanding and conception of like what it means to be me, but also what it means to, to be me in this place and what this space and place looks like. You may have heard my tummy rumble there. I haven't really had um, anything to eat just yet. <laughs> it's still morning. Um, and um, so I've been experimenting with like double sheets uh, that are cut across uh, or framed uh, over the frame in sort of two layers where there's a gap in between. 
this has been a concept that I've been using a lot. Um, I had a show with Dat Eagle, D-A-T-E-A-G-L-E, where the curators, Vanessa and Martin, um, asked me to come along and um, participate in a show called Full English, which was in uh, Southwark in 2019 with amazing artists. Um, you can have a look at the curriculum on that on my website but yeah there was it was a really cool show um my painting was hanging off the floor by about um maybe 20 centimeters off the floor and it was just hanging with those wires that I talked about so there's wires but this was still on a frame but it was hanging on on wires where the viewer can look around the painting pretty much 360 um and it was just kind of like pending there and this painting also had the, the two sheet idea of this gap in between. Um, and again, it's the idea of like pushing that understanding of what painting should look like and where those boundaries should be. And I believe that I, I love the idea of the gap in between the canvas or the sheets or bed sheets or plastic even that I'm using. I'm also into um, using sort of upcycled materials and upcycle, I upcycle a lot of the studio materials, so the plastic and packaging. Um, but yeah, so I sort of play around with that idea and then I'll continue painting with oil paint itself. I usually apply it with a spatula knife. I have different sizes, different sort of edges, some round curvilinear edges. Um, I also use paintbrushes too. Um, Sometimes I'll just squeeze acrylic paint out of the tube and just splash it onto the painting um, as it's standing upright. So basically my process is from flat ground to, um, hor to horizontal to vertical and uh, whatever happens, happens with the medium. So you'll sometimes see paint dripping as well, depending on which side I've hung it for a bit and then moved it around. So that's kind of what happens. It's just a lot of movement. And also there's also a balance between stillness where I allow the paint to dry. At the moment, I have a, a fan going. I'm hoping you won't be able to hear that. Um, but I have a fan going right now because I've got my, one of my paintings drying. There's a lot of heavily applied oil paint there at this time. Um, let's see, there was, uh, there was a few other questions. Let me try and find them. Um, get my phone. Bit of disturbance sound wise, but um, yeah, it's um. There's also another thing that I have again. So I work in series in my work, and there's another thing that I do in my work is when I travel, I have a series called the Element series, and this Element series is air, earth, fire, uh, water. So far, I've started off with the um, air and earth series. So I started the air series in Andalusia. Uh, actually, I started it in France first. And um, that was really fun. That was really fun. Um, basically, I continued this process of painting on the floor in my studio uh, or on the floor, uh, taking that painting from my studio in London, taking it taking bed sheets, taking canvases in my suitcase on the way to my train trip, which was London, Paris, 
Paris, Milano, Milano, Firenze, Firenze, Roma, and then from Roma taking the flight over to Andalusia. So it's mainly kind of this journey on Earth um, as well as air. And um, and that was really fun. So I also sort of continued painting during these art residency programs that I did along those trips as well, back and forth. And I installed those paintings in nature. So you'll see on my website, there are pictures. And even if you scroll all the way back, Instagram this year, um, you'll see paintings of my work in situ. Again, exploring the idea of like what, you know, or even just questioning like why should art only be in the white cube space art gallery spaces museums even studio spaces and so i love to reclaim that back into nature um and that was really fun there was a bit of a tricky stage um in andalusia there was suddenly it wasn't raining the time i was there and then there was one day a few days it was raining quite heavily and then the next day it was the only day that it wasn't going to rain uh according to the forecast so i took that opportunity to um get my painting that was drying and it was dry luckily it was dry on the floor it was an old bed sheet uh that had soaked up all of the memory from other paintings uh on top of it and there was also some manipulation that I used with oil paint and application of um, oil pastels rather and drawing elements so that was really dry took it out of the studio in Andalusia walked down the mountain again this place was off-grid and um, I installed it I installed it um, in the the side cliff of the clay mountain and as I was taking photo photos and the photo shooting my work and me in situ again, remember I have a lot of performative elements in my work. So I believe that I should also be part of the work inside the frame, inside the picture frame, the photo frame, as well as outside of it. Um, my shoes were completely, my vans were like, my van shoes were clogged up with clay. And it was, each step was really, <laughs> each step was more difficult to, and to take um, because I had clay building up uh, underneath my shoes. And then I saw it started to rain as well. So anyway, um, I may have looked a little bit annoyed and perturbed in those pictures, but um, <laughs> nonetheless, I felt, I did feel it was successful. I also did videos as well, uh, slow-mo videos on that too. So yeah, I do do video uh, again. And for me, that's also part of my installation work to uh, process as well um, as final projects in situ. So let's go to another question. Um, the next question is, is it hard to constantly create dope work? <laughs> you guys are funny. Um, it is. <laughs> Thank you, though. Thanks for the compliment. It is hard. Um, because I've, I'm always competing against myself. Um, you know, say for example, the Andalusia paintings or even the Paris shots of me, uh, holding my painting, um, literally the drape of a painting in Paris, for example, it's difficult because you're in a situation where you're combating against nature. You're also, you've got people around you and you're like, you're having to release your ego a lot. Uh, you're thinking, oh God, people are seeing me, people are looking at me, you know, you just have to do it. And again, that's that's part of the performative. Um, in the case of me 
and the performative and my last life as it were as a dancer and uh, in theatre um I would hide behind a mask or a role behind costume right but in this case uh it's just me and so that's been the most difficult thing uh again going back to the title of my solo show called hello again it's about it's just me and that's enough and so um the performative element isn't really about oh hey this is me you know but it's it's more about coming back to my most either feral self, my most wild woman archetype. Again, going back to the Carl Jung concept of the archetypes to um, the maiden, the wife, uh, you know, the crone, the, the magician, the, you know, the magician, the mystic. You know, I'm all of those archetypes within me, as well as the balance, the balanced masculine energy within me, too, and the balanced archetypes within me of the masculine but yeah, it's difficult. I'm still in competition with myself and my last work and my last show. So I have that in the back of my head. Um, it's difficult to train, training your ego and keeping that in check often. Um, you know, I'm only as good as my last show and I, I'm only as good as my last painting. And that's something that humbles me <laughs> to no end. Um, but yes, it's... Um, that's how it is really. Um, but just going back to the installations and nature, I'm hugely inspired by um, uh, Christo, Christo's painting. So he, he and his wife had these, um, not just paintings, but installations um, in, in nature. So the team was called uh, Jean and Claude uh, Jean-Christophe, uh, Kraft was a German musician and Belgian uh, musician and he and his wife uh, Jean kind of came together as this beautiful collective creating amazing amazing art installations in nature around the world and in the cities too so that's been hugely inspirational for my continued earth air water fire series which I'll continue as I travel um, I have a question here in Italian, which says, quando mi inviti? Well, when will I be invited? First of all, I have a very strong stance on my social media, as you know. I'm very private, but I'm also public. And so um, I don't know who you are. <laughs> so I'm not going to invite you over to my studio. That's just point blank. It's really important for artists, particularly people in the art world or in the arts in general, to have boundaries between fans or admirers especially for those who are like using social media as a hookup platform that for me, that's a no, no. It's a no, no. Um, I'm not looking for a man. I'm not looking for a date. So I'm here on my work being hopefully an inspiration to all of you, but also being an inspiration to also like, you can have private and also a public life with having boundaries and, having no apologies about that. So that's the response for quando mi inviti, it's a no. No, you're not gonna be invited because I don't know who you are and that's very forward and I don't appreciate appreciate that, it's quite rude as well. Um, the other question is, how are you settling into your new digs? Um, I'm settling really well into my new digs. It's been five weeks now since I've settled and moved in. I've also been back and forth traveling too. Uh, I've also, you know, been settling and sorting out the studio space as well as my healing space, which is upstairs from here where I'm recording. 
and um I've not done any yoga and um that's fine <laughs> I've been doing yoga off the mat which is what I usually call um just practicing yoga outside of off the mat um and I've been doing a lot of readings here you know my my healing business and I've been getting lots of bookings too it's been a beautiful place um but, but I'll be honest with you the last 24 48 hours I've been dealing with an infestation of spiders so that's been not so fun um and releasing fear about that I don't really have a phobia about it I do have a phobia about cockroaches which is something that I have um come to realize over the last 48 hours bizarrely but um you know this house and home the studio is also a place where I work and live and um I have a responsibility to for upkeep and I'm a very proud homeowner as well so I like to keep everything tidy and clean as well as dealing with the infestation that I've been dealing with um the last two weeks but it's kind of um yeah it's sort of like been it's been up and down with that uh and yesterday we had uh, a terminator <laughs> come through and put this um fumigation and fumigated the whole place for like four hours and I'm still breathing it um right now um but yeah I've been dealing with that so that's been fun but the rest of it has been great again public and private I you you will not know where I live you will not know where I I I make my work because you don't need to know that and it's off public records and it's important again as my son and my star ascends, uh, it's very important to keep my private life private. And that continues along with, um, you know, when I am in a partnership with someone and when I have children as well, um, or even pets, uh, no, but like when I have children um, as well, it's that's gonna be private. And I, I don't believe I'll be public, you know, publicly showing that online. That's just for me, it's, I don't believe that's necessary for, for me and my, <laughs> health uh mental health too mental health is important to keep that in check and do what you need to do to feel safe as well um how do i know the painting is finished i know the painting is finished usually uh when i feel that like all the composition and all the shapes and all of the everything is in its right place and there's such a thing that i was trained in during my degrees um, I've got three degrees and I'm thinking about doing a PhD as well on postmodernism, which is all about the future self and our future placement as human beings. And I would love to see that um, experimented through video and digital art and everything else future, future wise. So, but yeah, there's, a, there's such a thing as um, just um, sacred geometry. So, you know, when everything's aligned in a really perfect way and um I just kind of just get the sense that it's done and it's done through academic training, but also through sort of like a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, tenth sense as well. Um, what are the ropes for? So I use a lot of ropes in my work, especially in the studio or in my installations. Again, it goes back to extending outside of the 2D, 3D frame into the 4D, 5D realms. So I use ropes. The ropes is hugely inspirational, inspirational through my dad, actually. I have uncles that were, were painters and I have a great ancestor who was uh, Fidele Fischetti. His name was Fidele Fischetti. 
Um, he was a famous artist um, in Naples. He painted the affreschi in Caserta, which is, was a palace in Naples. In Italy, we there were many kingdoms and municipalities, but many kingdoms where there was a king in each realm. And uh, Fedele Fischetti was the really great friend of this prince of this beautiful palace. And so he decorated his palace and you can still see it today. It's open to the public. And Fedele Fischetti's drawings and paintings outside of Caserta in Naples is still being picked up uh, around the world today. And I had the pleasure of going to the Smithsonian um, Cooper Hewitt Museum in New York. Um, 2020 February just before everything shut down and I was there in New York doing research on him actually and I had the pleasure of seeing his drawings which were incredible and I believe he was a Rosicrucian I have a connection with Rosicrucians and there's a lot of symbolism within his work and there's no surprise that I'm also a mystic and there's also a lot of um, occultist symbolism within his work which I definitely notice and if you're into it you'll see it <laughs> lots of pyramids and stuff um, also the titles of his work, his work also give it away. But yeah, that was really cool. That was amazing. Um, let's see. Yes. And also the ropes also inspired by my dad. Um, he occasionally fishes where we have a house by the sea. There's also lots of rope um, that washes up on the shore in the seaside in Italy. And we also pick up rubbish and stuff. So I feel like that's come into my work subconsciously. And the ropes are also something that my dad also does when he does work, artworks. His works are quite 3D actually. His works are quite Arte Bovera style. His age group is around that time too, Arte Bovera movement. And so Arte Bovera is also is basically like poor art. So using found objects. Um, his paintings, if they're called paintings, because he doesn't really call them paintings himself, he calls them um, panelli decorativi, so they're decorative panels. So he has like hammers and like chains and all sorts of weird stuff, including sand as well and oil paint. So yeah, we're very expressive, um, the Fischetti family. There's also an extended part of my family that do wine as well, Fischetti wine, shout out. Also have a, have a sip of that if you can. Go to Sicily to Catania and you can go to drink their wine as well um, in the vineyard. So they are ex accepting and opening um, uh, guests as well and doing tours too. So definitely check them out. Um, what does it represent or what are you portraying through your palette? So this was a question related to this painting called Upsurge. And it's part of my Great Beyond series. Again, remember I spoke about doing lots of series um, where I've explored ideas of outer and inner space. Uh, this painting that this question was referring to uh, is based on the spirit taking a great leap forward into a new dimension, either through physical mechanisms as through non-physical mechanisms. Um, as in all of my work, my intention is personal but it's up to the viewer to discover their own theories and expressions with the work. Ideally, the answer is where the title ends and where the material becomes the message. So I hope that sort of helps. Um, and yeah, that I think that's kind of it for the moment. Uh, or maybe, hang on, let me see. I think I'm finding some other questions. Oh, there, there you go, found another one. Should, should more art be 
should more art be publicly owned and less for individual investment collections? I think this is actually a really good question, but I also feel like there should be a balance between publicly owned art and individual investment collections. So individuals owning art that public the public can't see. If you, when you go to a museum, uh, that's hopefully you don't have to pay to get in. That's what's actually really amazing about London and the UK. There's a lots, lots of public museums that are free. So take advantage of that if you are ever in the UK, um, particularly in London town. <laughs> um, but yeah, I you'll you'll see that there are also um works of art that are um, you know, sort of gifted from a private collection or even lent from a private collection. Um, so I think that's a great idea. So investors of my art, I would like them to do that. And there is a clause, I believe, in the um, contract between, or, you know, like the agreement, let's say, between the gallery, myself, and also the collector that um, should I want to have a show and I believe that one of those paintings should be in that show and that show is in a museum, for example, I would like them to offer that. And it's also great for them because the collector also feels like they're part of they're involved in, um, you know, they're involved in the public and they're involved in public education because public museums are all about education, educating, I believe. Um, so I feel like there should be a balance between public and privately owned. But if you are a privately owned um, collector, please do gift or even lend your collections. It's really important so that public can see and understand also the process of the artist's work and also the connection between works and series as well. Um, the next question, why do you post more selfies than painting or art? Uh, my answer to that on the Instagram, as you may have seen, is I am art. So that's it. And Silly questions like that tend to get blocked as well. Um, you know, the selfie game thing is also in a more serious note in terms of digital, um, you know, PR. It's really important to to stay present and to to keep up <laughs> keep up with what's going on, uh, keep up with the hype, if you will. And I believe that. Um, you know, especially with my study and research on algorithms, you actually get more people looking at your work if there's a person, a human being there in your work. Uh, so that's a tip for you from me. The other thing is um, the selfie thing is not about vanity for me on my side. It might be for others, but it's not about vanity on my side. It's actually about me being my own voyeur and again about reclaiming you know i am a feminist and a lot of my my sister friends are feminists as well and we tend to talk about the body and we tend to talk about who is looking at the body and who is possessing the body who is possessing that face and um i have a lovely friend of mine called alexandria co shout out to her um she's an amazing dross woman she does beautiful drawings. I've also modeled for her as well quite a few times. And she talks about that too, about, you know, who is it that's looking and reclaiming that body that we are perceiving. And so, you know, as a woman, it's uh, it's important to continue reclaiming self, selfie and the body. Um, 
And it's interesting because this question was made by a male, which is quite interesting. Um, yeah, and um, the other thing is, is that I believe that many artists from the past get, you know, were in tune with getting on the bandwagon with the latest technology like photography or film, photography that turned into film. And so they did that. And so I believe that I'm just on that new wave of artists that are doing that too, in the same way that they would do a self-portrait with a photograph or a painting and a brush of oil pastel or watercolor or whatever. I'm doing the same thing with my phone and Instagram as a platform as a self-portrait. And I believe that's why it's called a selfie. So anyway, my answer again is I am art. Okay. Uh, when's the next solo show? Soon. It's going to be very, very soon. Um, very, very soon as in next year, very soon. But I have a lot of paintings to do and I'm very excited about it. There's a little hint about it. There's lots of paintings. And the other hint is it's all going to be very, very mystical. So working on it, mate, working on it. Um, yeah, it's kind of really it, really. Um, I think that's kind of it that I have for the moment. But of course, if you have another question that you would like to ask me um, on pipe A for season two, I can maybe come back on again. I would love to do that. Um, and also if you are a cis or trans woman in the arts and you would like to share your story and your expertise as well, please do let us know. I would love to have you here as a guest on High Pay. Um, again, I'm, you know, I'm here about amplifying voices in the arts, uh, including LGBTQ plus and and otherwise, you know, a lot of my guests, which I've noticed so far for season one, has been have been people that have either lived in other places, have been people that come from different backgrounds, culturally speaking, or have multiple backgrounds, multiple cultures, multiple languages, multiple identities, and in terms of posthumanism, I believe that that's going to continue. And I celebrate that and I celebrate people who are that and I celebrate people who embrace that and I celebrate people who um, who are also open to supporting that too because there is a, not only one way of seeing things just like in the same way there is not only one way of seeing the painting there are multiple dimensions in seeing the painting therefore multiple dimensions and perspectives in seeing people and understanding self so that's all I have for you, beautiful listeners on Hype A. I do hope that you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to hearing from you. Please do rate us as well. Give us five stars if you're feeling mega generous. Hugely appreciate it. Um, but also follow us on Instagram, Hype A Voices, as well as Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, and Spotify, of course, as well as Google Podcast. And if you would like to sponsor us or have some sort of advertising that you would like to, you would like us to share that vibes with our brand, we would love to do that as well. And all proceeds go towards the team, the equipment and the research as well. So loving you, leaving you for now and see you in the autumn fall period with new global leaders in the arts. Ciao for now, lovelies. Ciao for now.